What's up, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of the Funboat Diplomacy Podcast. Let's get some plugs out of the way and we can get right into this week's episode. Um, if you use Amazon and you want to support the podcast, please go on my website, funboatdiplomacy.com, and on the right-hand side of any of my pages, you'll find my Amazon portal. Click that link, bookmark it, and use that anytime you buy things on Amazon because it doesn't cost you anything extra, and it looks exactly the same as any other Amazon uh, page, but I get a small cut of your purchase because Amazon thinks I'm helping them sell things. Meanwhile, you're just buying things that you would normally buy. Um, so go on my website to get to that portal. Uh, also, you can go on Patreon.com. It's my, I have a new account on Patreon, which is a platform where... Um, Creatives like me can uh, receive pledged support. Um, for for me, for example, is uh, it's a dollar. I ask for a dollar an episode. If you think it's worth a dollar, um, go on patreon.com forward slash funboatdiplomat or visit funboatdiplomacy.com and right under the Amazon portal, there's um, a link to my Patreon page where you can pledge maybe a dollar an episode. That'd be nice. Uh, yeah, let's just jump into this week's episode because I want to spend more time with my friend Yasin, who is leaving San Francisco this uh, coming week, and this episode is really, really incredible. I uh, hope you guys like it. Welcome to a new episode of the Fun Boat Diplomacy Podcast. I'm here today with Yasin Abdul Hamid. Welcome, Yasin. How are you? Fine, thank you. Fine. What what flavor lollipop do you have? I don't know. I think it's blueberry. It's purple. I got I got blueberry. You got but it's, blueberry. You wanna taste it? That's okay. I think I'm okay. We have different brands. I have Dum Dums, and you have Tootsie Pop. So you're gonna get a little bit of fake chocolate in the middle. Oh shit, really? Yeah, but you don't have like to finish it. it if you don't want. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we both got a uh, have lollipops <laughs> and tea. Um, yeah, as a standard. How are you doing today? I'm great. Chilling. Great, and you? I'm doing okay as well. We had we had a uh, that coffee. Did you have the Cambodian coffee from that dude? Did you? From the pot? No. He made Cambodian coffee. Really? It was really good. Yeah, so I'm feeling fine. Was it in the coffee machine? Yeah, it's in. It was in oh, the pot. Oh, I had. Yeah, I had it was really good, right? That was good. Yeah. That's why it's different. Yeah, that's why we feel a little, a little different, right? I feel high. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that can happen with coffee when it's really good. When it's shit coffee yeah? that we have normally, it's like, it's got a bad effect, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit to the podcast audience? See, uh, I mean, yes. I was the last five months in South America, that's why I say see the whole time, sorry. Um, okay, I am half German, half Egyptian. I was born in Germany, grown up in Egypt. And I moved to Berlin five years ago, and now I'm traveling for like ten months around the Americas. Mm-hmm. Total? Ten months? Yeah. Mm. Total. And then you go back to and Berlin? And then I go back to Berlin, my mm. favorite city. It's my favorite city too. <laughs> what do you do in Berlin? I'm an actor and filmmaker. Okay. What kind of projects have you had? Uh, have you done before? I done. I did some short movies, documentary in Egypt, mm-hmm. and 
I was playing in some also short movies, but most of the things are independent. Mm. This is where I want to keep going. Like, what 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 kind of things do you have? What kind of ideas do you have coming up in the filmmaking area? A lot, actually. It always, I always have like every almost every day I have a new idea, but I also forget them very fast. But sometimes, like for example, my last film, or for me, it's like the biggest film I done until now um, it was more intense than just an idea it was inspiration and I spent like two years working on it without even knowing that I'm working on it so um, there are different levels of ideas for films or inspirations so if it's really personal then I keep doing it it happens naturally normally that everything comes up and it's clear um, if it's just an idea, it's not really interesting, so I don't really write it down. I write some ideas down, but I don't feel the same like when it's very personal. And how do you go about making making these, uh, doing these projects in Berlin? Like from start, from the start, how do you plan it out? Or? Um, I first share this idea with my friends. I like a lot of my friends are filmmakers or actors or whatever. And then I start to see, like, everyone offers me something. I say, okay, you know, this director photography is really good, this actress, this actress, blah, blah, blah. So it's really easy to find the connections. And then I, like, when I have a team, I feel like, okay, these people fit to the team, and they want to work with me, and they have something, to, they got something to say, because I want everyone to put his own private or personal touch in the film. So when I feel it's complete, I start to do it. Just, just do it. Like, say a date. Okay, tomorrow we're shooting there in this location. We'll wait for you. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And you think Berlin is still a cool, good place to, uh, to, to do your creative projects? I feel it's like, a great yeah. place. Sometimes it can be difficult if you meet the wrong people because a lot of people there, they talk a lot. To you. <clears throat> a lot of people are new in Berlin and they always wanted to do something. So they are still in the first level of being creative. It's just talking and dreaming. They are dreamers. So you meet them and talk to them, and like you feel like, oh great, they're gonna support me. They are perfect for my team. But then you see, like next day they're not there, or they are high, or they have hangover, or I'm bergheim <laughs> since three days. Yeah. You wanna explain to people what bergheim is, because maybe some people don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> Bergheim is the black paradise. It's the techno paradise. It's a fucked up club in Berlin where you can see everything you want to. Everyone is wearing black, almost or nothing. Um, it's actually a gay club, but no, like a lot of people don't know it. And it's the best techno music ever. Deep house, everything, and it's 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 crazy. Like the craziest people go there. Everyone is cool. Or fucked up or different who goes there and that's every weekend and the best time is if you go to Berlin advice before you leave Berlin because normally a lot of people after leaving Berlin they hear this but the best time to go to Bergheim is Sunday morning and mm -hmm. if you go there don't go Saturday night that's dumb you will see a lot of tourists and you have to wait a long time get your stamp yeah get your stamp get your stamp go on Sunday mornings <laughs> sexy. Have a nice breakfast and go there. Mm -hmm.
But yeah, what were we talking about before we jumped See, into? I got into I'm going this. back to. <laughs> I I, so, I started thinking so, about very kind and then. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. I had the same now actually. No, but I know what I was talking about. It was yeah. Berlin and the people. Like some people are just wasted the whole time, and they think or like they say a lot. They talk. They say, "Okay, we're gonna help you." Blah blah blah. They, but yeah, if you have those people, if those are the first people you meet there or you have for your project, then you're fucked because you think like, oh, this is this is like your first impression of Berlin. You think everyone in Berlin is like that. But there's also a lot of there are a lot of people who live there for a long time or or really want to do something, and and that's that's what I love in Berlin because when you meet those people, if you meet them and know them, you can do unique things together because. Yeah, the energy in Berlin is unique, and the what you produce is unique from this energy. So you know what you said before about uh, people coming to Berlin and then they get sucked into this, uh, let's say, hedonism. You know, like just doing things that are for immediate, uh, immediate response, like going mm. clubbing or whatever. That happens here too. I find myself. Not like for for like a week or two, not working on my projects, but just hanging out at Dolores Park, riding my bicycle around. I mean, it's not as, I guess, not as uh, not as cool as Berlin, and, and when I describe it like that, but uh, no, I mean, it's it's uh, it can be it can it's also okay, you know. Sometimes you need it, sometimes you really want it. It's, it's fine, but you also need to know. You need to focus. You need to know what you. And that's the thing when you I, when you're in a big city with a lot of things to exactly. do, like San Francisco you or Berlin, you got. There's a lot of distractions, yeah. but that's that, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that I was very interested in talking to you about when I brought you on the podcast was uh, what happened around the time of the <laughs> Egyptian Revolution. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Interesting. do you want to explain a little bit the background <laughs> of what of the history of that to the audience and then go into what, what your experience well, was? Okay, it's a very, very complex situation there. And I'm sure everyone here heard a lot from the media, especially American media, about this situation. So I don't really know. Like it's it's very it's very hard for me to to, to understand how people think about it in every country because every country is different because er all the medias have like different interests. Like the interests in Germany are different than in America and in other like in Saudi Arabia the interests, like the government has different interests from Egypt than here, so that's why their media is different than here, and we all know that media is like, when they want, they want something from the people, they never want the people. Yeah, shaping the people. So, simply it's like, it started because um, people started to feel like, this is not, this is not, we don't have anything left yet, like, we're even losing the culture when people start to see like there are really rich people who live separated from the poor people they thought that wasn't Egypt never been like that so people start to feel like okay we don't like we're not people Egyptian are normally very very friendly and like for them family is like the most important thing and family and neighbors means like everyone in the city almost you always invite someone to your house to eat or to stay with you it's normal so and they started to get more like 
I don't know, just, just angry and, and feel unhappy the whole day. You see the young people are unhappy, you study for a long time and then study, for example, engineering, and then it's hard for you to find a job as a taxi driver. So, and most of the people are young, and also what's more important than that, the real reason is this, this feeling of freedom, you know, why can I, why can I decide what I want to do with my life? know in everything why can't I like I should decide what I want to study what I want to do with my life and and who's who's who rules me and um, and many things and this is like something people never cared about before or like the older generation didn't care about that much because you had hard times before Egypt was poor you had wars and you were not connected to the whole world, so you thought it's normal. Um, exactly, and then the people, the young people, started to go out. It was a Facebook event in the beginning. It was like a few thousand people said we go out, but like in the second day, there were already a few million who so were outside, and then it was like first time that all Egyptian, like since a long time, were. So it was like, around Tahrir Square? Yeah. Tahrir Square, where they 2011. Um, 25th, uh, wait, 20, 2011, yeah, 2011, yeah, yeah. spring of 2011-ish, something See, like that. Um, 25th of January. Mm -hmm. And the, were you living there at the time? Or? I was in Germany, mm -hmm. but I came back to Egypt a few days before it started, because I had holidays anyway in Germany, and my friends in Egypt said, this is, it's coming now, we're going out, and it would be really interesting, because a few days before started in Tunis, in Tunisia, mm -hmm. and the energy was there, like people were really ready, like everything, they had the opportunity to let everything out, and it was very interesting because people also trusted the police and the military that they would never attack them, whatever happens, at least the military, um, and it was okay, it was, the demonstration was like just few days were very hard, in the first step of the revolution where they started to send some, like, people from the police to, but hidden, like, civil police to... Infiltrate, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. And the Tahrir was a second week. But it was not that horrible like what the military did the last years with, the, with every, like, with the Muslim Brothers, for example. And with like until now like with all the activists like the military because it's ruling again and the people are they have they have more power than before even before because Mubarak was a little bit out from my opinion was more human than Sisi for example who was ruling now and the situation is different you you did it where you did a really good like they did a really great job the last years to to make all the Egyptian believe that anyone who has to do with the Muslim brother is a terrorist. And because the media were just talking about the sins use all day, all night. Whatever happens in Egypt, it's the Muslim brothers. And only few people are intellectual, educated. After a while hearing the same thing, started to think, okay, actually this is a lie. The media is just pushing the people against the Muslim brothers. So it means like if I kill you in the street, like you're an activist or you're a young boy and the police kills you or the military or anyone, if you say, okay, he was from the Muslim Brothers, that's all right, that's fine. Or he supported them. So you label these people. You label, and it's like everyone who's against the military 
against Sisi, if you say any word against him, if you don't like how he speaks, if you don't like anything about him, then you are from the Muslim Brothers. So, it doesn't matter, like, I mean, in the end, they are all Muslims, like Muslim, like Sisi, supposed to be a Muslim too, you know, but it doesn't have to do with religion, zero, it's just like how they, it's since, like since, let's say, since 50, 60 years, in Egypt, the films, they always show that the bad, like in American movies, Russian are the bad, in Egyptian movies are the Muslim brothers. It was always been like that because they don't want them to fight against them, the system. They don't want them to win any places in the parliament. Nothing. So, can you describe a bit uh, how the leadership, what kind of leadership there was before and then until now, from 20, uh, 2010, 2011 to, to now, what, what kind of leadership we've had in Egypt? Now, we had, um, it was the Mubarak family. Mm -hmm. Thing is, they started to steal, like the corruption was too much. It was a little bit too much. People were okay with this for years, but the last years were really bad. The son of Mubarak started to sell everything to foreigner countries, to Saudi Arabian businessmen, to just make money and send it to Europe. I don't know why it's sick. And it was just too much. And then Mubarak wanted his son to be the next president. So people said, no way. That's done. Like, not that guy. <laughs> never. Not no one from this family. So Mubarak gave the power, gave the power to the military first, and then said elections. The parliament they made first election for for the parliament, and the Muslim Brothers won. Was not okay for anyone. So the media started to just push people against them. Military said, okay, no parliament now. First, let's make a president election, and of course, Muslim Brother won because. The most of the people who, like, they have the only party, the real party, they are very organized. And either you have this Mubarak side, like this, the, all the people, Mubarak's guys, and they are all known. Because they are the same faces you see since you were born. They always change positions in parliament or in the government, but you know these people. Or the Muslim brothers was an alternative, was something, okay, why not? The people side was like... Okay, let's let's give them a chance. Opposition. Yeah, opposition mm -hmm. since years. Let's give them a chance. Um, until now, I didn't really understand why. What was the basic why they pushed or like why a lot of activists and a lot of politicals, even liberal politicals or whatever, were against the Muslim Brothers so bad after less than a year. Of Morsi ruling the country until now, I don't remember. Maybe I was against. I felt like for a while I'm against it. That's not okay. But I don't remember now why. Why it was like that? It was a lot of things. You heard a lot of things from everywhere in the media. What they do, how bad they are. But I, like when I see the situation now in Egypt, I think nothing was so horrible like now. But they did it anyway, and then Sisi appeared the first time was the Sisi, the, who was like um, Morsi, the president of the Muslim Brother, chose him to be the leader of the military. And he said, he gave him like, I think, two, hour, two days or something mm -hmm. to come back, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, okay, now it's my country. He said, but I don't want to be a president. He said, this it's never going to happen. But of course, he did all the best. And he won the elections with 98% people chose the Sisi, the military chef. 
like 98% of the people choose them. <laughs> Which is like very normal. It's it's the next That's step extreme. of democracy. Like Morsi won with 52%, mm-hmm. where there was a, where more people went out to elect, to vote. And then uh, now Sisi was like, everyone know we want this guy. So and what, what, what year was this? Mm-hmm. What year was that? That was two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. But people are very unhappy with him now. Like, people are just, like, nothing changed. Things getting more expensive. And uh, their relationships with the other countries is just fucked up. It's just the whole the whole thing is the, the economics is more fucked up than before. Um, you don't see any, like, I mean, people are not... Uh, they don't feel happiness because they felt five years ago, for a moment at least, everyone in the square in Egypt felt or had a unique experience because I think a lot of people in the world or the most of the people never felt this it's this feeling of uh, being free, completely free 100%, you don't have any regime you know, like when you don't have any system you don't have a government, even if it's just for a few minutes, you feel a feeling, it's, it's unique, you feel power you feel, wow, I can be whatever I want to I can do whatever I want to you know, I did it, I changed it, I write history. And people had this feeling for a time, and they believed in it. And then after, like, all these years and losing a lot of friends and activists and energy, they see now, okay, where are we now? You know, like, it's it's the same. It's Mubarak is out, is coming out. The, the, all the people from the old system are free again, and the corruption is back, the police is aggressive again. So it's like, yeah, was it for nothing? Yeah, a lot of revolutions, I think, the moment of revolution feels euphoric. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it's almost like a movie moment. You're like, yeah, we're standing on the tanks mm-hmm. and all the people are together and we're all, in this case, Egyptian. And then you get down to the the, the, the doing yeah. the thing. And the people who want power are the people who have this sort of personality they want they have something they want and those people have something they want we want we want to keep this for us and then and, sure. and there's all, all these factions and it always happens like this um, unfortunately it is so what, what was your experience on the ground you were there um, I like it became very intense for me or I started to feel how dangerous it is when I was um, making a film there and shooting at a... What was your film about? It was about a few like young people from a very small town close to Cairo who meet every week to speak in English because some of them study English or want to speak English and they don't have the opportunity because they don't have any friends from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And they always choose very taboo subjects to speak about and was like boys gay and girls together and speaking about being gay in Egypt or being like everything and it was like it was very interesting for me to see them um, how like when they speak about the subjects in English they are different like they speak different as if they would speak about it in Arabic so I was shooting with this few young guys girls and one was Christian so I was just taking like shoot of the church, the old Coptian church. And and then they arrested me, the police. Like came to me, what are you doing here? And 
I was lucky I had my German passport with me, but also my Egyptian ID. What year was this? I was in... Where? Year. Uh, it was 2013. Okay. This um, was after, after the first revolution? It was after... Um, it was uh, like three weeks after the military took the power from the Muslim Brothers. Mm. So after and it the was, summer of 2013. Yeah, yeah, it was in the summer. It was like one week before the military attacked the like yeah, when the military attacked the people who demonstrated against the military or for Muslim brothers and it's called Rabah. It's a place in Cairo and that was the that was the most aggressive attack in history I think of modern Egypt. Mm -hmm. It was horrible like they did things you didn't see a lot of media because media don't want to talk about this. The Saddam Hussein that was killed them. Just no one gives a fuck. Mm -hmm. But I was there on that time, and I have friends who were not, or even like, I don't have to do with politics, but because of their families were there or whatever, and I saw horrible things. It's really, really horrible. It's like you, they kill you. For example, like our father was going there to pick up his dead son, and. They just burned this this guy in front of everyone, you know, just put him on fire. So it's, it's crazy and children. But if you research, if you look on for this on the internet, you'll find a lot of photos, videos. Um, see, so this was a very, very, that was very, very intense to me because I started to see like this is not, it's like the military, they are planning something they don't want. Like forget about all this shit with the democracy and the freedom. We can do it gently. CC speaks like a gentleman. Like I love you, I love you, I saved you from the Muslim brothers. But I will fuck you anyway. And there's no other opportunity for you. And the thing is, the positive thing is like, people slowly start to understand this. They start to be against the military in Egypt. Because they start to st they, they stop they don't believe in it they don't believe in this like if you lie if someone is lying to you the whole time and repeat the same lies and every time he says something or talks about a big project and you see it was a lie and every time something new you start you asking can't trust you can't trust him anymore and then if you don't trust him anymore and you see like okay um I lost people for this or I spent a lot of years energy for this so where are we going now you know. What was this? And you start to, like, it's the mentality is changing. People are not not feeling like they don't love the military that much like before. I think it was in a lot of cultures like that. It takes time. The thing is, the Egyptians don't know that it takes time and they always want everything right now in this moment. But for me, from outside, I also live outside, so I can see it. I can see it. It's time. I'm okay with this. I think it's a process and it needs. if it needs years, it's all right. But it's a very hard time, though. It's hard to see this. It's part of it. You suffer with all the situation, and if you see all what's happening there, if you lose friends and everything, it's very, very hard. But you know, it's part. It's part of it. It's part of the process. So, yeah, I survived. <laughs> what was the so that they arrested you and then? Yeah, they said I'm a German-American spy from the Muslim Brothers. You can imagine a German-Muslim brother. 
The German American Muslim Brotherhood. German American Muslim Brotherhood. Haram, like the famous newsletter wrote Americans. It's like, what the fuck? So you, you, like you said earlier, that you were you were in the papers and I was in the, the papers the and the th- the shit is like they just wrote they arrested a German spy. The police, like, the, I, it was ridiculous how they wrote it. Like, um, the police made it and arrested this dangerous. American or German spy from the Muslim Brothers with an American passport and they just said they arrested me but they didn't say that they let me out like a few days after that you know they didn't say like they just they used this shit to say okay to to attack this this church a few weeks later to say that was the Muslim Brothers you remember this German Muslim Brother spy he did it he was planning he was making a video there they blamed you they blamed uh, me for an attack for the attack, what happened two weeks after? What the police did? You know, the police uh, attacked a lot of places in Egypt, church, mm-hmm. to say that was the Muslim Brothers, the terrorists. So this is how you make the people believe that they are terrorists. So similar to how um, the National Socialists uh, mm-hmm. set a fire in the Reichstag and then exactly it on they communists. used this technique in Egypt. Yeah. They did it with the soldiers in Sinai. The same. Mm-hmm. They killed their own soldiers. Mm-hmm. To say that was the Muslim Brothers, just to, for the media, you know, mm-hmm. it's just for the media, and I was part of this. But of course, they couldn't like they couldn't arrest me because I have a German passport. And I came out from the situation. I was, I told them the German embassy and German like I have friends, and I told them from the media that I'm going to shoot a movie there. If, you, if they miss me for a few days, you will have troubles. It's bigger than you. And they were like, okay. And do this again, blah blah blah. We let you out, and I didn't get why they talked to the media because no one there told me they're gonna tell this the media. But I didn't want to have any company. I didn't want to go back to to, to tell them, okay, arrest me again, you know. So I ignored this. Mm-hmm. But then I saw like fuck, they attacked this church that was like there was an explosion there. So, and everyone is saying it's me. It was me. This is like it's so ridiculous. I wasn't even there. And you were you still know? in Egypt at the time. I was in Egypt, but somewhere else. In Cairo, I was not in Cairo. Like I was demonstrating against the military at that time, you know. Mm. <coughs> and what was the experience of, of being arrested in in Egypt? Like, mm. what did they? What it's did fucked they? Up. It's really fucked up. It's like it was my first time there, and it's like in movies. You think this whole situation is so stupid. You start in the beginning and laugh about it. You can't believe it. Think like what the fuck, because he he took my ID first. Like he said, what are you doing here? And explained him. I have a meeting. I told this um, uh, with a guy from the church. I told him I'm coming tomorrow at this time at 9 a.m. to shoot a film. And I'm sure this guy from the church he called the police. <laughs> but we had a like, he gave me permission. You know, I said I'm doing a film. I explained him all the things. I'm I'm studying film, like acting in Germany. I want to make films. And I told him about the subject, and I was like, I'm just taking, I have a small camera, you know, it's nothing. So I went there to wait, and I was just taking shots from outside the church, and then the police, like, someone came me, to me, like, as if they were waiting for me. What are you doing here? I explained him everything. He said, show me your ID. Showed him my first, my Egyptian one first. Said, yeah, I'm from here. And then he, like, started to pack me here on my back, like, to... I felt he's getting aggressive, so I was like, okay, here's my German passport. <laughs> okay, so I don't come, relax. 
be careful. I'm, I'm German. And he said, oh, sorry, um, okay, let's have a tea. I was like sitting with him and said like, okay, um, um, I have to call the police station to ask what is, you know, it's like it's a hard time now and the Muslim brothers are making troubles everywhere and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he started to, to me like asking me, how do the people in Germany think about the revolution in Egypt, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, and yeah, talk to him, had the tea. I said, okay, can I go? I said, wait a bit, let's let's talk. Then, like, after 10 minutes, so, like, 10 policemen or more came to me with an officer. Like, they came from the station to arrest me, to take me with them. Like, what the fuck, that's so ridiculous. So I went there, and they took the key of the car and, and put it some, like, a, a pistol or something in it and said I had weapon with me and like it was just ridiculous you know I told the officer I know it's all bullshit you know it's like you didn't need to do this shit they left me in a room like because I was German they they I was with a friend there but he was not there in that moment but they found him picked him up and I saw him like they just kicked like they, they really really kicked his ass before he came I saw he was just fucked up when he arrived in this police station and I saw he was like what the fuck happened to him and that was the moment when I saw him coming there when I saw them carrying him I was like that was the moment when I started to take this serious the whole situation I said okay that's enough now. it's enough it's all so dumb it doesn't you come and check everything about my family what I'm doing it's, you won't find anything but they left me in a empty room, like was white walls, but dirty with blood everywhere, and I can hear how they falter the others everywhere in the stations, and I it's, it's crazy screaming. You hear like people die the whole day. It's normal. It's normal that you hear someone is just dying because they are too aggressive with them. So, um, and your friend also was German. Uh, Egyptian. Egyptian. Yeah, that's why they fought. Yeah, that's why they thought they had the safety to, to do that to yeah of course yeah. so yeah they left me there for a while and then um they checked everything blah 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 and but first like they said uh, they brought me to a judge or something like that political thing but that was like after a day and he was like he was he was so weird he was so like angry and aggressive and I was like well what do you think what do you think you come from what are you are you doing a film here what do you think you think you're in Germany you can just make a film or like should you it's not allowed you need permission blah 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 and, and I don't believe this bullshit you can say it to someone else but I'm sure you either just tell me be, be honest who's supporting you are you from the Muslim Brothers what organization give me the names give me a list give me a paper give me a list of people and their addresses then I let you go or are you a German spy are you working for a German government or a German the Muslim Brothers there we know that there's a big Muslim brother community there anyway if you're not helping me for both you have you can sentence be sentenced to death I can kill you for this but it's, it's legal and then he said okay fuck off get out and I said I don't have an idea I'm not supporting anyone you can't just you can't just say uh, you have to prove this and I never supported anyone. I never had to do with politics, and and that was the moment when I felt like okay, fuck, this is really dangerous. So I said, 
all the things with the German embassy and people, friends talk to the media. And if something happened to me, you got big troubles, blah, blah, blah. So you, you brought this... Uh, I brought this. Brought this to them. The, the brought you, to them. To you, the, came, you came to the conclusion that you needed to put the pressure on them. Yeah, I need like, to save my life yeah. somehow, you know. said, my family knows I'm shooting up with my German mother who lives here. And I'm like, like, it was just lies. No one knows. Like, you know, it's just... Went out from house. I didn't tell anyone where I'm going. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. but I felt like okay, it's uh, serious. Required. I'm staying here since 24 hours. Mm -hmm. No one really wants to speak to me. I can't talk to anyone. I can't call anyone. You know, and I want to just get out of this fuck. Um. Um. Yeah, and then he said, okay, go out. No, he didn't say like, okay, fuck off. And, uh, after five hours. Like he called me back, but I was like with um, handcuffs. Handcuffs with two other police, two cops who were sleeping next to me, mm -hmm. and I had to wait like five hours or something until he called us back. He went to I don't know, bring his daughter somewhere or something. Just came back. I said okay, um, um, yeah. Don't do this anymore. Don't shoot any. Don't make any films here. I don't want to see you here again. Blah blah. Fuck off. Blah blah blah. And then he let me out. Let me let me go. So did you go back to Germany immediately after no. that? And my parents told me you should go, but I went. I stayed there like more than a month because I had to take care of friends who were in hospital, who were mm -hmm. attacked by the military. Mm -hmm. It was a very, very, it was the hardest time ever. It was so hard in the hospitals to find a free place, a bed or something to support because they just fucked all the rules, all the human, like all the basics, you know, they were attacking hospitals, schools, everything. Never happened like that. They wanted just people to be scared, to tell the people, those are the fucking Muslim brothers, they're fucking dangerous. So we attack everything. So let, let us take the power, let, let us kill them. Give me the permission to kill them. And he arrested all of them. He arrested everyone who has to do with them. And they're still in jail until today. So, it's a very, very fucked up situation. It's like, I mean, I'm not even, me personal, I'm not for them. I would never vote them, you know, never in my life. But it's horrible how they deal, like, they make you feel so sorry for them that you like them, you know. Yeah, they they <laughs> almost do the opposite of what they want to accomplish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They 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 exactly they make it a nail that you need to hit with a hammer, and uh, and then you say, wait, all the people you're blaming, they're not all bad people. You're yeah. you're, you're you're basically you're you're targeting you're putting labels on people who aren't even the people who you're 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 targeting, and uh, this is standard uh, standard author authoritarian shit. And this is what I don't understand why the people don't read. The people need about it. they don't read history. They should check this, you know, it's not the first time that it happens. It's like it's so old, like the same games again. Yes, exactly. We 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 blame, you know, but what's interesting is the spectrum of uh of the thin veneer of of civilization. Like we have in America we we think it's so bad politically, but we're not having this uh, as much. I think some of these things are happening. Of course, Guantanamo Bay, uh, mm. Chicago, the police uh, recently, there was some information about uh, 
illegal detaining, illegally detaining people and torturing and stuff like this. But uh, it's not like it was for you in Egypt, where it's like this is systematically uh, everybody knows about it, and they're 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 targeting people just for opposition. Here, you can be an opposition person and like a Bernie Sanders or a, a Donald Trump, and be <laughs> and uh, you know, people might not like you, but you uh, are safe from from this kind of persecution. Egypt, it's uh, it's a little lower on the spectrum. You have you have crazy things happening like this in 2013, 2014. I, I don't know. Is it happening now still? Yes. It's, it's worse. Worse. So it's ha it's even worse now. Then you have like Turkey around the same sort of mm -hmm. the same same sort of regime, uh, and then you have worse. Then you have shit in Africa uh, that um, nobody gives a fuck about. Nobody's gonna intervene and. In, sure. in Liberia, for example, things like this. So it's a spectrum, you know. We have this spectrum of of of, of state authority violence against its own people, um, and that's something we need to keep in mind. Like you said, um, when Mubarak was around, there's some he a piece of shit, you know. It's like some, sometimes he did bad things, of course. No. And then when you when you when you have revolution, when things get thrown up into the air, when it comes down. Mm. It, it gets real crazy. You saw the real shit, you know. Yeah. You see, you see what, what real you people see now, do to people. You see the shit behind Mubarak. Yeah. Like Sisi, he was like a piece of shit came from the ass of Mubarak. Mm -hmm. They were all trained. This, this, like he and all the people, like this front line of the military, they were all trained by CIA. That everyone knows. Yeah. They have a very specific mission in the Middle East. And the basic thing they learned when they are very young is how bad the Muslim brothers are. So you were grown up with this hate against them. So this is, that makes sense to me why he's so unhuman against them. He could kill them without problems because he was trained since years. So I think that they're not there are the bad people. Yeah. There's are, if you want to have a good job, if you want to have power, all the values, the fake values, you give you money and power and a palace. Kill those kill people, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. This was all shit behind Mubarak, all the, the businessmen and the corruption, and it's 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 so ugly. It's like you saw a lot of shit, a lot of um, dumb people, dumb journalists, and it was all lie. Like imagine all the TV, everything you watch, even movies, it was all lies. Like everything was a lie. It was a lie, 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 lie. Yeah, it's, history, it's, a, it's a tactic history, of always, yes. always demonizing mm -hmm. humans. They're humans, you know. Uh, that's what you need to realize. Even the even the people persecuting the alleged people of the Muslim brother, Brotherhood, they're humans. That's what's yeah. that's what's crazy. It's the same thing that the United States did with the Soviets. What we do now with terrorists. Mm -hmm. What uh, what the, the 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 Germans did with the. Jews and uh, and and the also the Soviets Bolshevik Jewish Bolshevik yeah. which doesn't really I mean what, what's really same. funny to me what, uh, around the, for not around in the topic of Nazi propaganda was um, they they demonized capitalism and demonized communism at the same time <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah. Winston Churchill and Franklin Roosevelt are the devil. And so is Joseph Stalin. Well, so which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's what was really interesting to me. Just making an other. And nobody really questioned it, you know. You just say, they're the other guys, they're the enemy. It's okay to, to, to kill them. It's really crazy. It's crazy.
So now do you, how do you feel about going back to Egypt? Do you, what's the last time? Was that the last time you were there? Last time was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have any contact now with the politics. I don't really care. Like, I mean, I care, but I don't really... You don't fuck with it. You I don't, don't, fuck you don't with go it anymore, and touch no. it. I just I go there. I want to see my family, mm-hmm. my friends. Um, I think the next step step is coming soon. Every day I hear something new, or like a lot of things are happening. But it's still like, still now is it's a time where people need to get this first. They need to become or like win new energy, um, power, and then. Maybe I think in a few years the next step is coming and people will go out again to Italy. Until that time, I'm out of this because it's like you lose so much energy. What's been the most recent development uh, in Egypt in terms of this situation? Because um, uh, it's not in the news so often anymore right now. The focus is okay. Syria, today, for example. Just today, something happened. Today, people, some people went out against Sisi because he. There are two Egyptian islands in the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. A few days ago, the king of Saudi Arabia was in Egypt. Was this maybe one week ago? And Sisi just gave him those two islands as a gift. You know? <laughs> and Sinai, it's the Red Sea. It's where a lot of people, or in every house, people, someone died fighting against Israel to protect this land. And he's just giving it to some. Everyone says he to sold it yeah, to the Saudis. He says I give it back to them. It, it owned them. But they checked the history, checked all the documents. It's not true. So people went out and said, what the fuck? We don't want to give our land to this. Um, yeah, he probably took money from him for this. You know, for, I think, of course, he took a lot of money. And it was... And it's nothing, I mean, this money, like, the Saudis, maybe maybe this king is giving them money to him and says, okay, do something for your country, for your people. But he takes for him, for the military. You know, to buy a new palace, to build a new palace, to buy whatever. So it's like, and this is, of like you said, like, everyone knows this. It's a new, like, officially you say, okay, we gave him those two islands. And they are very important, like, they're very important strategy positions in the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like some piece of land you don't need. And what yeah. is the relationship between the Saudi government and, and the Egypt, current Egyptian? Yeah, the current is perfect. Yeah. It's nice because all are supported by America. And and the president, Sisi, he's smart. He knows how to get money from this. Those people, he, he, he thinks all this, like Saudis, Qatar, Kuwait, they have a lot of money and I want some of this. And he is always getting some money from because the, the Saudis were also against Muslim Brothers. Yes. They were direct against them. I mean, Saudis are the most Islamic people. Most radical. Radical Islamic state. Yeah. And they were against the Muslim Brother Party, which doesn't make any sense if you think, oh, they are both Muslims. Or radical. But it's no, a political it's thing. It's a political yes. thing. Yeah. So they are happy that the Sisi is back, or is like the military is back, because they are there partners and it's a big big dirty game so the relationship is good now um, and yeah people went out and some other people who supporting CC went out with Saudi flags and said 
Well, we don't care. It's 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 their land. It's their land. You know, we support Sisi. Wow. It's like it's very blind, very dumb. And this made made a lot of people angry. You see how far it goes. He's selling everything. He's just caring about himself. He said about the second Swiss Canal, which was bullshit. Big media propaganda. The Western media, they know it's bullshit, but they reported about this to say, okay, the military is doing something well for this country. So if you people see us supporting the military, you see we're supporting the right people. And then something happens, like in Syria, you know, a war, and everybody knows it's because Western countries, the Western, they supported the wrong people. And it's always been like that. And it's still the same. It's you support the wrong people there. And if there is a war happening with your weapon... You don't like. You can't blame us, you know. Like you don't blame us. And uh, in terms of the 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 Syrian conflict, where where, where does uh, Egypt stand on that? Egypt, like uh, Sisi, wants money. Okay. So if he knows no money. USA is doing its game there. If you need Egypt, like there was a interview with Sisi. It was an American journalist. When he asked him, it was maybe one year ago, asked him if USA um, decided to attack, like ISIS in Syria or Iraq, would Egypt, Egypt's military support us with this? And he said, give us the few uh, Apache airplanes that you said you're going to give us since few months and they still didn't come, you know, give us this first and then we will talk about this, you know, just... <laughs> So if you give us something, I'll do it. I do whatever you want to. You know, you know to me that's very. Um, it's fucking funny. It's funny, but it's it's almost. Uh, I can see where that logic follows because I went to <laughs> I went to Morocco. Yeah. And this is kind of how things work, you know. <laughs> it is. So you help me, I'll help you. You scratch yeah. my back, I'll scratch yours. Exactly. Like just and even little things like, uh, like like. A child will help help me find a taxi or find wherever I'm looking for in the Medina, and he'll, he'll be like, "Oh, if you give me a couple of dirhams, then I'll, mm -hmm. then I'll help you out." Like to me, it's nothing. It's, there, go. Mm -hmm. I it's think the it's same. the same for for the United States. Oh, you need two helicopters. Yeah, we have. To, here, take these helicopters. Go. It's a deal. Like, <laughs> you know, always, they're taking a lot. I mean, CC. Since you're all the country is just buying things for the military from everywhere, from France, from Russia, from getting gifts from USA, and he always wants more. You know, this, this he wants no, a good military. This is no more. different from how it was uh, back during the Cold War. Egypt was a huge, uh, huge uh, staging ground for things in the, in the, in the Cold War because uh, the Soviets wanted to wanted mm -hmm. the strategic alliance, and so did the, the West. And now it looks like it's happening it's again. It's happening but, again. But meanwhile, it's just the Egyptian le leadership who wants to absorb all this wealth, it is. all these things. It's just like, it's oh, crazy. Who, what are you going to do for me? Okay, I'll help you do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Always, Egypt has been the strategic little um, Yeah, thing. and he, this fucker knows how to, how to use it. Mm -hmm. Because, like, there was a president, Nasser, was yeah. a time ago. He was, he was really, like, for the Arabs. He was, like, when Egypt had power. It was maybe 60 years ago. Something, yeah. 50, 60. Anyway, it was like when there are troubles. The 70s or uh, um, before it, 50s, 60s. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
when Saudi Arabia is messing with Yemen, mm. he sends the military. He was like Egypt's military was everywhere the whole time in Libya, in Sudan, in Yemen, in Syria. It's like, okay, like if someone is missing with someone, I'm here. Mm. So he like was a mercenary. Really, he had a military and he was using this. It's like go there, go there, go there, do this. You know, it was like it was is if this happened like fifty, sixty years ago, it, would, it wouldn't really happen. It would never. He wouldn't allow this to happen. He would stop Assad from the beginning, like when people go out against him. I mean, Egypt was a country with Syria at that time. Like Nasser was in, it was an Arabic state, mm-hmm. Egypt, Syria. But if like something like that would happen, he would just do it without. Just like how it's Saudi not Arabia. about money. It's like, like Sisi just thinks, okay, give me this and I'll do it. Just like or like how, waiting uh, from waiting to um, for America to say, okay, mm-hmm. that was not an option like fifty years ago. Fuck them, you know, I can do it's, it's our world, it's our Arab world. Mm-hmm. But now we are all following America, we are like slaves in these countries. You can't do it, can't change anything, you cannot, you don't have any any power, zero. That since it's always getting worse, and this is why the Arab Spring came because you feel you're, something is not working, and you don't know it, maybe you don't, you don't admit it, but it's because America is controlling all of us. You don't have the opportunity to change anything, to say anything. Zero chances. So people, this Arab Spring came, everything exploded against this regime. And this regime, regime is the American basic in the Middle East. And this was all planned by the United States. You, you, there's documents That's that... Bullshit. There's do, there's, yeah. there's all these documents saying we, the, the goal is regime change. You know? Regime change. It's just a change. Gaddafi... You know? Yeah, but this is like yeah. every country also has different interests. Like in Gaddafi, Gaddafi's thing is because of his oil and his gold. Of course, of course. Yeah, but Egypt, what is what is the aim in Egypt? Nothing. Mubarak was perfect. Mubarak was doing whatever he wanted to. Whatever America wanted to, you know. And Mubarak, he fucked the country. He was the man who really fucked the whole history of Egypt almost. He made the country fall down this... It was 30 years, 30 years time without power, you couldn't like after, you're just satisfied because you have your land back from Israel and that's okay, right, get some money from the, from the American every year, <coughs> that's fine, but he just fucked, like, they sold everything, all that, there was no opportunity for Egypt to develop in anything. And does the United States have, uh, have any military presence right now in Egypt? Mm-hmm. No. So what is their relationship then? That's the whole military in Egypt. It's like, I mean, the whole money, uh, everything comes from the states and they give them whatever they want to. But yeah, but the United States doesn't have a, a basis, for example. In, in yeah, Egypt. you don't need it. Like, you can, I, mean, I, I think basis, you need this for stupid countries like Saudi Arabia. They don't know how to make a military. They don't never fight it, you know. These people never had a fight, so you need... You, you can't trust them, you know, but if you are all trained by the CIA, like in Egypt, the whole military, the leaders, so you, you trust these people, and they know how to, what to do, and when, when they attack, wherever they would do it, you know, so it's not, you don't need a baby, because it's like, best friend, like yeah, in yeah. other countries, a lot of Arab countries, just like, they don't have a real military, there's, yeah, there's, a, there's a presence, for example, for the United States, there's in Kuwait, and mm-hmm. and um, well now a little bit more in Iraq, a little bit more in Syria, just because these are like training or assistance forces. 
we'll see what they're actually doing. But I guess in Egypt it's not like that. Oh, like um, Kuwait war, to finish a real conflict or this war, they sent, like, they sent from Egypt, the like Egyptian military, to, to finish this, and they did it. They finished this war for Kuwait, of course. Against so it makes me wonder why, uh, how the Israelis think about the United States supporting all the Arab, all these Arab countries because it's a deal, just a deal. It's a deal. They are all together. They are all best friends. Oh, but not Iran. Seems like everybody's against Iran. Yeah, because uh, that's the way how you can get money from Saudi Arabia. More money. Mm-hmm. If you met like everyone, like if you come from the Middle East, or if you talk to anyone from the Middle East, he knows the only people like the only people who Iranian don't like are the Saudis. They are really they really hate the Saudis and the the Arabs in general. They have really problems with them since years. We don't care about Israel. They have very good connections. They have very good uh, economic connections and, and relationships. Israelis, Iran. Was but the thing is, like, we have a basic... Okay, we, you pay us, USA. You pay us, Saudi Arabia pays USA to protect them from Iran. But Iran must be strong and dangerous, so Saudis be scared from them, you know? So let them have their nuclear program. And tell the people it's Israel, Iran. You know, to change the focus, to bring the focus to Israel. So that that's so Saudis good. It's, it's really it's a simple game since a long time since few, a long since so many years but it's working very well and so now you see the direction with the next leaders of America who do you what do you what do you see happening and who do you think can can play this game because <laughs> if you because if, if you if you describe the game like this, then it appears that Hillary Clinton would be the best player, yeah. right? She would be. Yeah. She knows everything about this yeah. area. Yeah. She can. She would be perfect for America. For, for this area, you know, she would be perfect. Anyone else would need a little bit of time, or you need convincing. Convincing, yeah, yeah. because it's 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 because so we live because we live in our heads in yeah. this uh, idealist world. Hillary Clinton, I feel like she, oh, she knows, she knows she's a snake, but she knows, she knows how to play this she game. Knows. She was, she went, she was in Egypt. She met first, like after Mubarak and military, and then she met the Muslim brothers. She was like, "Oh, best friends, Egypt, you are ruling the country. You are our people here." Then he's all, mm, "I don't know." Okay, she met then Sisi. She's good with everyone. She knows, she knows, she knows how to deal with us people she knows exactly what they need she gives them what they need before they ask her i think so uh, that yeah. wouldn't like if she if she, like, that wouldn't change anything i think if someone else if there's someone else he he could change change this i thought obama when he started when he when he started to be president he could he wanted to change and especially in the Middle East but then we see videos we of him bowing to the Saudi yeah, king yeah. <laughs> that really pisses me off him literally d- deep bow a deep bow to the to the Saudi to the Saudi royal family it's it's disgusting really. the king the king the, he didn't want to meet him when he was in Saudi Arabia like this last time yeah he just gave him like that governor from 
the one uh, oh, how disrespectful. we had, like, uh, <laughs> fuck you, the oil price, where are the oil, <laughs> you know, yeah. the price are so down, what the fuck are you, what do you want here, like, right. like just send him anyone, uh, you look like a shaish, you look rich, go to yeah, just, he does, no he one from, no he one can't tell the difference between all the brown people, right, <laughs> 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 yeah, oh my god, yeah, oh, it's uh, been very, very messy years, and, yeah, very, very horrible. The last few years, everywhere. I was, it's, it's, it's so intense now. It's like, I just want to go, get out of this. I'm happy, I'm glad that I don't have problems, like direct problems with politics now. Like, I don't have any, like, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have a reason to do this anymore. So I'm happy that I'm outside. Yeah, I've of been, this. I've been wrapping up, so like, we're coming up on our time, but I've been wrapping up a lot of because I've been getting into these very heavy political discussions on the podcast, and I've been wrapping up with uh, with this uh, takeaway, which is that just be very very grateful and appreciative that yeah. you don't have to do it. Yeah. There's people yeah. who live in these places who have you to know, live this, and they, they live in it, live in yeah. that shit, and uh, just be glad that we glad. we rolled the dice and uh, we won the jackpot. We, we we live outside of the, we can we don't have to think about it all day or all night no we don't have to it's um, it makes me to who I am it makes me also unique as an artist because I got something more specific to say about this it's about it's also I think it's good for an artist to live a revolution or to be part of a revolution wherever wherever because it gives you a really different point of view to everything in the world this thing with freedom, you know, it gives you always, you know, when you have any idea about any film, you know you can do it. You can do whatever you want to. If you want something, you can do it. So, I also think that, maybe not now, but when, one day when I have more, like, opportunities, or when I know more, or, like, when I, when time comes, simply, I want to use my art to support people there. I want to find a way to show them and to make films about this and to help the people there so and to tell a story I just use art now I don't talk I don't tell them don't do this I don't tell them what to do it's not a way to, to change anything if you tell the people you should change this do 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 this they won't listen to you they should experience and with art they can see it and feel it maybe experience it experience, experience it yes yeah. so yeah. alright well that's a great place to end Thank you for being on the podcast. Gracias.